Miracy. Hi, I'm Simon Severino, and you are listening to Making It. I run a business called Strategy Sprints. We help people entering markets, crushing it in the market, and staying in the market. I think I stopped asking my parents what is right or wrong very early. <laughs> Maybe I was 14 or 15. I was just interested in exploring and coming up with my own conclusions. There was a game that I loved to play in Italy. It was called Il Piccolo Chimico, the little crazy scientist, basically. It was a set of chemistry bottles and, and powders, and you could experiment with stuff. So sometimes it would fire up, sometimes it would explode. And that was my favorite thing to do either mixing together things and see what happens, or reading books. That was also the age where I found, via music, I loved to listen to Jim Morrison and to Bob Dylan. And in their lyrics, they were pointing to specific authors, like Friedrich Nietzsche or Socrates or others. And so I would grab those books, and then I would go down that rabbit hole. And especially Nietzsche was really talking to me because the first page said, this book is not for everybody. This book is for the few who are interested in the truth. That was the first book that directly spoke to me. And that changed everything. So these were the moments in my, my childhood, in my early years, that were most forming. Because after having majored in philosophy and psychology, I needed to connect to the real world <laughs> and what to do as a philosopher. So I was in luck because the big consultancies were looking for different disciplines. They wanted people that are able to solve problems, to structure problems and to solve them in a disciplined way, but with a different approach. They had enough of the traditional approach and they wanted to have some people from the social scientists, from the natural sciences. And so that was the time where philosophy majors, if you had the best votes, then you could actually go and work for the big consultancies. And that's what I did. So for the next four years, I was a junior consultant, then senior consultant, junior project manager, senior project manager, principal in a global consultancy. And I became a strategy advisor still looking for the truth, still feeding the fire of truth, this time with spreadsheets. I was once with the executive team of BMW, and we had their global executive team worldwide. Everybody in the room, Simon, how do we get one step ahead of our competitors? And their competitor's name was in the news and in the room. We had that name in front of us, right? How do we get better? And their product was as good as the competitor's product. The price was similar. The features were amazing of those cars, of all the cars. How do you differentiate? And I had no answer, but this question was talking to me the same way as that first page of the Nietzsche book was talking to me because there was no answer. But for a truth seeker, that's exactly the question that makes us come alive. And so I said, I don't know, let's find out. For the next five days, nobody leaves. This is the timetable. This is the process. Let's go. 
it was a two years project. We didn't find the answer in those five days, but we started exploring in those five days. I was holding the process. I was saying what to do when, and then we created a strategy. The strategy was called Born Electric. And then we invited all the country heads. They became the project managers. And in the next two years, the whole organization was doing this one thing. And two years later, on the street, you would see the I3 and I8. And especially South Germany was absolutely proud of that. And I was very proud of that. So it became reality because all these people were so committed and so aligned in doing that. And I think that energy in the room, if you are committed to truth and to going deeper, that's what aligns people. And that creates this energy that we see when teams collaborate intensively. That's the magic of it. I ended up working for myself after many years of having amazing bosses where I learned the craft. So I learned how to build a strategy and how to execute a strategy in the market. As soon as I had done that uh, 25 times in different industries, I knew, okay, I'm able to do it now. And I feel inside of myself a song that wants to be sung. So I said, okay, it's time for me now to do it on my own, to bring more of my personal values into it. And I saved six months of runway, and then I did go for it. I started my own company, and the process of writing down the vision and the values was a very creative process. I really enjoyed it because I started learning so much about myself. I could go deeper into who I am right now, what is emerging for me. And also, every day I was learning something new. And still today, I'm Googling stuff every day. How to do this? How to do that? I love it. What's the best way to write a blog? What's the best way to run a podcast? What's the best way to write a cold message to somebody? All these questions every day I'm exploring. And I love this. And this is why I'm an entrepreneur. I never thought in terms of making it, but I think a lot about freedom. I want to be free and to feel free in every moment. And so freedom for me is I decide what I do, with whom I work. I want to feel free to retire from all people and projects and processes that are not conducive to being happy right now. That for me is freedom. And you could say that is for me making it. So I am successful. I am making it when I bring myself into the position that I have total control over my time, over my health and over my wealth. And I decide what do I do and with whom I work. That for me is freedom. And that's what I achieved very, very early. Basically, the first month of being on my own, I was there. <laughs> and since then, I'm just enjoying the ride. Now, there are many nice side effects of it, monetary, social, technical things that grow and that progress, and it's, that's beautiful to see. But the core thing of making it is I decide what I do when, when I do it. I wake up in the morning and first two hours are me time anyways, so I do whatever is good for me, and that is being out there in nature and doing sports. And then the rest of the day, I can design around the flow 
depending on, on the weather and depending on what I like to do. So that for me is the definition. So this year, what I was asked to do by my team is to share with the world what we're doing, the processes, the blueprints, to actually do marketing, sales and operations in a way that is resilient, that has self-correcting mechanisms, self-healing mechanisms inside of it. And basically people said, write a book about the strategy sprints. And I said, all right, I will interview our clients and we will create single chapters where they tell what the obstacle was, what they needed to solve in the go-to-market and how they solved it. So it became my go-to manual. It's like a cookbook. If my marketing in a specific month is not going well, I go back to the marketing chapter. I go, which part did I try to skip this time? And I say, oh, step seven. I, I did try to cut corners and not do step seven. <laughs> so it's becoming a checklist for many practitioners, many entrepreneurs, including myself. And it's a very practical thing to have on your desk. What does making it mean to me? For me, it's align the day with my core values. So when I live the day according to what I want to express, what I want to do, what I want to experience, then I made it. And the simple thing is, in terms of economics, it must bring more profits than I spent on that day. But that can be very simple. That might be backpacking and um, I'm doing just 100 bucks on the day in profits. So it's just living my life according to my values. And I made more than I spent on that day. I made it. I'm Simon Severino, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find all the tools and processes that we talked about on strategysprints.com. And you can grab the book on Amazon. It's called Strategy Sprints. Making It is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Just Between Coaches. This episode of Making It was produced by Danny Bermant and Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb is a supervising producer. Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. So you catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>